0: going to be taking up or starting again from romans romans chapter 5 and i left off at verse 11 so i'm starting from verse 12 and the way i'm going to be doing this i'm going to be doing this in a kind of way of giving the text and then after the text the tools that you can use from the text so um so 5 verse 12 because of this just as sin entered into the world through one man and death through sin so also death spread to all people because all sin and so here paul is talking about of course original sin that came into the world through one man for until the law Sin was in the world, but sin is not charged to one's account where where there is no law. So clearly, we know Adam, the first man, sin came into the world. But one of the things that we know is that even though uh, sin was in the world, the actual transgression of sin was not given until Moses. So if you look, but death reigned from Adam until Moses, even those who did not sin and the likeness of the transgression of Adam, who is a type of the one who is to come. So we know, right, in scripture, that essentially sin came into the world as soon as Adam sinned. But the technicalities of sin were not given until the mosaic law right so yet yeah, man's sin man died from sin but the actual technical transgressions were not codified until moses right so man's dying but it's not like uh man is dying from the original sins of the garden but it's not like until moses it was not you shall not do this. You shall not do that. It wasn't specific. And so that's what Paul is saying here. Right? But the gift is not like the trespass. For by the trespass of the one, the many died. By much more did the grace of God. And the gift by the grace of the one man, Jesus Christ, multiply, multiply to the many. And the gift is not through the one who sinned. For on the one hand, judgment from the one sin led to condemnation, Adam, but the gift from many trespasses led to justification. For by the trespasses, I'm going to make, I'm going to read this, I'm going to make the point, always make it for by the trespasses of the one man, death reigned from the one man, much more will those who receive? The abundance of grace and the gift of righteousness reign in life through the one Jesus Christ. So essentially, God still, has still made Adam's sin and Jesus, essentially, we have more in Christ than what we had in Adam. Consequently, therefore, as through one trespass came condemnation to all people. So also through one, one's righteous deed came justification of life to all people. For just as through the disobedience of the one man, many were made sinners. So also through the obedience of one, many will be made righteous. Now the law came in as a side issue in order that the trespass could increase, but where sin is increased, grace was present in greater abundance so that just as sin reigned in there, so also grace would reign through righteousness to internalize through Christ Jesus, our Lord. So what is Paul saying? Paul is using the contrast of Adam and Jesus Christ. And the point he is making is one man, one man, one man, one man, one man. Contrast is really, there's only been ever two men who ever really lived. These two men, Adam and Christ, don't get me wrong, there's been, I said, I think they estimate about 60 billion people have walked the planet. But there's only ever been two men who have ever lived to be able to determine the, the, the fate and the course of all mankind. Only two men, no, not presidents, no, not Michael Jackson. No. These two men, the first Adam, the second Adam, these two men, and in these two men, the first Adam and the second Adam, we are either in the first Adam, which is Adam, Adam, or we're in the second Adam, which is Christ. The enemy wants to complicate this with so many different religions and so many people. No, it can't be that simple, but it's that simple. Only two men who've ever lived. If a trillion people walk this planet, you're either going to be in the first Adam or the second. This is why one man, one man, one man, one man, one man. And I know we've got this buffet of choices, right, that the enemy wants to give us. But there's only really these two choices, really. So all religions except Christianity, first Adam. That's it, first Adam. And all the enemy has done has complicated this issue. In the first Adam, all die. That's what we saw about. In the second Adam, many will be made alive. And really, how God looks at... So there's a concept. It's called, um, in theology, it's called solidarity. So essentially, um, when Adam sinned, all of us were there. Every single one of us were in the loins of Adam. That's a concept of solidarity. remember when joshua well i think it was ai right and god told the israelites not to take any of the stuff and a man called Achan stole something him and his wife right and god punished all of israel that's the concept of solidarity that's how it works solidarity we we look at it as very harsh today and i think i remember sandy you had told me someone asked the question which i answered about why does god have to go in in the old testament and destroy everything man woman children even the dogs fido come here you two, right i mean everything it's because of this concept of solidarity. Really, they, they, this belonging, this, this big concept of solidarity. And so technically, because of this concept of solidarity, the way God does it, um, Martin Luther King, he had it right. And there's one thing. He didn't just call black people brothers. He called everybody brother. Everybody, in fact, he would say our Jewish brothers, Are this brothers, And because that's really the truth. That is the concept of solidarity. If we trace, I know there's this, um, this, there's this, this uh, um, genetic thing, this, this kit that you can get where yeah, we can go back to Africa, we can go back to Europe, whatever. No, this concept of So that all goes back to Adam, right? It, it all goes back to Adam, right? And so with this, this concept, there is this idea of, of what one does, we we all kind of do. And this is this is what the church is. It's a recreation of this this body of Christ essentially you no know, if the arm suffers the leg suffers because it's all one body with Christ being the head and so this is a the church is really God's recreation in Christ and so if somebody is not the same creed color or whatever as you that is still your brother that is still someone because god under someone thing god is reconciling all of humanity right and so even though you don't recognize this whole idea as brother in terms of a biological brother in a larger framework we are all brothers right and 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 this is what we get to we get to this whole idea of um we're all made up of uh the same basic substance right so you know a black person has more melatonin uh um of course in their uh skin but a white person has melatonin in their Uh, Melatonin. Melanin. I'm sorry. Melanin. Melatonin. I used to to take that at night to sleep, right? But melanin, right, (laughs) in their skin. Uh, An Asian person has more fat around their eyes. But a white person or black person has some fat around their eyes. And um, same skin, blood, I mean... uh, Oh, positive, A, B, whatever, all of these black, white Asians can have them. So it all goes back to Adam and all of these really that there, there is so there is an evolution, but it's not an evolution of species. A monkey doesn't change to something else, but a monkey can adapt to its environment like a black can adapt to its environment. People in Africa are typically darker than people on outside of Africa. The first time I went to Africa, I'd never seen anybody that dark, right? Um, And um, and other people who came, who actually saw me in Africa, Oh wow, how come you're, you're, uh, you're so light? I'm so light, what are you talking about? Nobody's ever said that. But it's all adaptions, adaptations that we make, right? We adapt to our environment, right? And uh, go to uh, um, Scotland, in, in Scotland, like going to Glasgow, there are people incredibly, I mean, so pale, They almost look anemic, right? And so you've got all of these different uh, ways that we adapt to our environment. And so what is Paul saying here? Paul is actually telling us that we all have this belonging. We all belong first and foremost. We are all humanity come from the same place then then you can divide it further of course humanity into first Adam second Adam right and so we are and then the people who are in the second Adam clearly we are all now related and we are actually related deeper than blood we are baptized, right, into one spirit. All that are joined, First Corinthians 6, verse 17, all that are joined to the Lord become one spirit with him. So this is a reality. What should that do? Now, that should really enable us to treat people better. Because even if somebody's in the first Adam, that is a person really, we should look at that person just waiting to come into the family of God, right? Just waiting. They're in a family of humanity, of course, they're all, but just waiting to go into the family of God. And so that should cause us not to marginalize people. And also, also, what it should cause us to do, because this section of Romans 2, we're going to go all the way down here And we're going to end at Romans 8, 1, where it says, Therefore, there is now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. The fact that we have been reconciled to God is what that should do for you in your everyday life. doesn't matter how much you have screwed up in your family. Everybody has. Because of the first world screw up, which was Adam. And so now, every single person really has their own individual screw-up, right? But Christ has <laughs> Christ reconciled that. Everybody knows how I screwed up. I mean, I screwed up royally. I was a king of screw-ups, right? So what that should do for you now, is should cause you to not feel guilty. Because the reality... Is the guilt has been mitigated in Christ. And as I said, Paul is making this argument here in Romans 5, and he's going all the way down, and he ends up in the last chapter of Romans 7, and then Romans chapter 8, verse 1. Therefore, there is now no condemnation. And the therefore there is almost this big equal sign which says. Because of all of this now, there is no need for you guys to feel guilty or condemnation. So it doesn't matter what you've done. Oh, yeah, I used to drink. Oh, I did this. I didn't please my parents. No, that should all be negated. Because now, in Christ, you please God. Let me tell you something. Some parents, uh, it's impossible to please them. Really, it's impossible to please them. They have unrealistic expectations. So now you're in the family of God. Your yardstick becomes God. Sometimes it's impossible to please them. Some parents may have latched onto a sibling, and that's the parents. That's the parents' favorite. And so now you will never ever be able. To please that parent, because when a parent looks at you, they look at you through the lenses of your other sibling, and because you're not them now, you'll never be able to please them. So stop trying. Stop the guilt. You should not put guilt on yourself because of your parents, because of your spouse, because of your kids, because of anyone else, because it's been taken away in Christ. Really. So if you have guilt now, it is self-imposed guilt. It's not actual guilt. The only actual guilt is the guilt that was on you before Christ took it off. Right? Really. The guilt that was on you before Christ took it off. If a judge pronounces you not guilty... It doesn't matter if you, if, you, if you feel guilty, right? Or you say, oh, I, I still don't feel innocent. You are. It doesn't matter how you feel. And what are those feelings? Those feelings have been informed probably by the way your family have treated you, by the way your spouse has treated you, by the way you've treated yourself. Really, by the things you think about. It, there's a lot of reasons for us to have guilt oh, I started out with all of these big expectations, these big dreams, oh, I didn't come to you, well, I'm a loser, no, you're not, because life starts right now, right now, because this is the true life now, and a true life, really, is based in your life on what you do for God, not what you do for parents, listen, not knocking anybody's parents, but I know parents can be incredibly self-absorbed. Lots of parents live vicariously through their kids. Really. Lots of parents try to live their dreams through their kids. Not interested in what their kids want to do. Interested in what they're interested Interested in. Oh, look at my kid. Oh, my kid is great. And the kid becomes an object. In God, you don't have that. And so I say all of this because if God is saying you're not guilty, which he is saying because he's taking it away in Christ, then you're not guilty. That verse 20 says where sin increases because the law comes in now, and so the law becomes this definition of what's wrong. But even with the law coming in, there could be a trillion laws but the grace of God exceeds the law. So where sin abounds, God's grace abounds much more. Well, I committed genocide times two. It doesn't matter. God's grace covers that. Your evil is no match for God's grace. So whatever you have done. And so if you feel guilty, there's a big difference between feeling guilty and being guilty. Your thoughts and your feelings can lie to you. Thoughts, feelings are based on information. And so your feelings are only as good as the information you have taken in. We live in a disinformation age, really. So your feelings are only as good as the information that you take in. Understand one thing. If you say that you feel guilty, that doesn't mean that you are guilty. There's a lot of people that do a lot of things and are guilty and they don't feel guilty. We can't go by our feelings. We have to go by the reality of God's word. God has taken all of that stuff away from you in Christ. So if you say you know Christ and you've asked for forgiveness, I and mean, here's the one thing, when somebody, Jamie, asks for forgiveness you don't need to i wonder if god's done it he's done it believe me he has done it and and so those feelings now you have to deal with them yourself and i'll say something like this even though i feel guilty i'm not guilty because it's been taken away from me in christ i have lived with guilt for so long that it's become my not part of my normal feelings Now it's time to redirect that guilt by redirecting the thinking, because the thinking are what the feelings are based upon, right? Redirecting my thinking and my guilt will dissipate. I used to carry so much guilt. So I almost felt that my feelings were just out there, all frayed and tattered, really. And so You redirect, you tell your mind, now I do not need to feel guilty. Why would I need to feel guilty when Christ died on the cross? So if I am, my feelings cannot compare with the reality of Christ's death. So something clearly is wrong. And clearly it's not Christ's death because Christ's death came to take away the wrong. So it's the way that you are feeling (laughs) The way that you are feeling, the way that you are feeling is all about your history now. And so now we have to erase that history of feeling guilty and create now your feelings based on the truth. And the truth says now that where your sin about grace It much more abounds where sin abounds, race much more abounds, and it's wonderful how God makes these general statements, they are not specific. Well, where sin abounds, depending on what it is, depending on what it is, no, he doesn't do that. It's where sin abounds, regardless of what it is, regardless of what it is, is what God says. Grace abounds much more. You know, the, the death of Christ, this stuff should not be kind of taken as kumbaya or ideology, but should, but should be appropriated in a practical way to your life. You should feel the effects of what Christ has done in your life every day. It's kind of silly to say that this is just about being saved, not feeling the effects on a day-to-day basis until we get to heaven. That is kind of silly. I mean, when we think that God has given us all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ, why wouldn't He just not? Wait? Why He wouldn't He just wait till we get to heaven? God has given us all things pertaining to life and godliness. Why wouldn't He just wait? For us to get to heaven. No. These things are laid up. Not in heaven. We're not going to even need these things in heaven. These things are for now. For right now. Really. And that's what we should see. All of our standard now. Should be God. Our parents are too crooked. Our parents are not a good. My mother. forgiven a lot of stuff. But. I can't use my mother as a ruler, as a measure, as some form of a metric. No, too crooked. No, it's only God is that perfect standard. And God has said there is no condemnation. So if your parents have put that on you, your friends, the bully at school, the teachers, whoever, the society, the community, Allah, God takes it off of you there is now no condemnation because what was on in adam in the first adam has come off in christ remember one thing there's one takeaway you should feel the effects of christ's death on the cross in your life every day every single day to be sat there well you know i'll feel it when i get to heaven that is nuts. No. And that's what the enemy wants us to think. And you know why? You know why? If it's our feeling when I get to heaven, you know, you take away the testimony. We overcome the evil one by the blood of the lamb and the word of our testimony. Where are we going to be saying our testimony? In heaven. Nobody wants to hear it there. Really? It's too late. No. Yo. No. Yo. Way too late. No. They need it now so that they can also get to heaven. Every day we should be feeling the effects of it. And don't forget, the enemy is the one who is trying to prevent us from feeling the effects of that. He has the biggest misinformation, this information campaign going on. And we have to stop that by the truth. And so, your feelings—if you are feeling guilty right now—then there's something wrong with the information you've taken in. Really, there is something wrong because, as I said, this section is going to end. Therefore, that Romans eight, verse one. we're going to—I um, don't know if we're going to do all of Romans six next time, but at least half of it. But that's part of it. Therefore, there is now no condemnation. To those who are in Christ Jesus, that's where Paul finishes in Romans 8. We have, the enemy wants us to live like we are still in the first Adam. We are not defeated. No, we are in the second Adam. The enemy wants us to live like we do not, and please nobody get political with this. This is an illustration, but like we have not being vaccinated there was the disease in the first adam the vaccine came in christ the second adam boom we are living in victory in the second adam is is all what we gotta do is what we gotta do we got to work on believing it we got to work on believing it because the enemy wants us to think it's not complete something else has to happen no it's complete we have to work on believing it that is it really i said to someone today you know haven't you 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 noticed that your change this person now is growing haven't you noticed that your change has come because one time you were resisting it meaning the truth and now you're accepting it this person said, absolutely, Robert. Absolutely. That's it. And so I am say we got to work now on believing. Don't let the enemy lie to you. There's something more that needs to happen. No, Jesus said it is finished. It's not partly finished. It's not it will be finished. It is finished. And so it is done and so if you're not living in victory i'm believing wrong and and you know a sign of me of how i'm believing if i'm believing is if i'm feeling this guilt guilt is a very 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 toxic thing you can't do anything about it if i'm believing am i believing right am i If am i believing right that's the key question You got the right information, got the right information, but am I believing right? Has the enemy thrown something in there? Has he twisted it? Don't forget, he tried to do it to Jesus. He's going to try and do it to us all the time. He knows he can't. Listen, he can't do anything about what Christ done on the cross. It's done. You can't reverse that. If he can get you to believe in an erroneous way, then you'll live erroneously.